Hello and welcome to the Data Center Knowledge Podcast. My name is Max Smolax, editor at Data Center Knowledge, and in this episode, we will discuss renewable energy for digital infrastructure. Lending me their expertise on this are Dominic Ward, CEO of Data Center Operator Vern Global, and Lindsay Smart, Head of Sustainability at Triple Point, the investment manager working on behalf of new owners of Vern Global Digital Nine Infrastructure. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. Vern is a company I've been following for for a while. It's an interesting company that does many things differently. So, um, Dominic, to kick things off, could you introduce our listeners to Vern Global? Sure. Thanks, Max, for taking the time to speak to us today. Vern Global is a data center operator that has focused on high-intensity compute and high-performance compute for its customers for over a decade of operations. When we set up the business, we decided to find the most sustainable and cost-efficient location in the world for that type of compute. We've been able to build that from the ground up. Our location that we started in was Iceland because it has the perfect combination of 100% renewable power generation and the perfect climate, which has enabled us to pass on the perfect solution for sustainability and cost savings. Yes, and the location on which the campus is built is, is quite interesting as well, right? Because you're not the first residence there, so, 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 so tell us more about the location. We weren't. Uh, they, <laughs> we were the, probably the third major user of the site. The first was actually the U.S. Navy, and then after the U.S. Navy, it was NATO. We're built on an ex-NATO site, and it's a very secure site as a result. And Lindsay, so um, am I right to think that you started working with Vern recently or have you been working with these guys for a while? You know, like when you look at the company, what what do you see? So um, for, for Triple Point, we, we acquired Vern um, towards the end of last year. Um, and obviously the team had, have, have known and been talking to Vern for a long time, but that's um, only really at the point that acquisition is, um, or the point we're starting to really do our due diligence is when the sustainability team at Triple Point um, you know, really start to get involved. And for us, um, Triple Point as a sustainable and responsible investor um, and for our Digital Nine infrastructure strategy, Vern was a, you know, a great acquisition, certainly in, you know, uh, in the eyes of both the investment team, but also from, a, you know, from a sustainability perspective as well. We have a really structured approach to our sustainability with the within the way we assess a business before we bring it into the strategy, and um, it's it's got three core steps to it. Um, and the first is aligning to Sustainable Development Goal Nine. So we're really looking at how a company helps us with. Delivering more sustainable digital infrastructure, and we're looking at that through kind of two lenses. One is um, connectivity, so reducing the digital divide, and the other is around decarbonising and, and providing lower carbon digital infrastructure. Um, and so, for us, you know, Vern clearly had the alignment we were looking for in terms of that decarbonisation pillar. Um, so that obviously made it extremely attractive. We then do um, a deeper dive in terms of our broad. ESG analysis. So once we go beyond that kind of um, sustainable development goal alignment, we then start to look at another set of environmental, social and governance due diligence. Um, and we, we we look at alignment on, on like a broad level to the UN sustainable development goal, uh, sorry, to the UN global compact. 
Um, and then we go more deeply into um, subsector specific. So element, things that we think, you know, uh, a data center um, needs to be really strong on from a sustainability perspective. And we analyze and look at those. Um, and then we kind of gather all of that up. And the third step that we then implement as a manager is around engagement. So it's the ongoing relationship we then have. And so when when we as a you know as a as a um, investor look at those look at those three aspects for us, you know, Vern was um, obviously a very attractive proposition. So so so, so we will come back to the deal because it's it, it, it's still it, it's quite the new arrangement, and it's going to be interesting to 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 hear what what impact this will have on, on the future of Vern Global. But for now, let's talk about the importance of data center location, because um, when, when you locate a data center, there's always a trade-off, right? And historically, data centers were concentrating in the places with existing connectivity. And this is how we ended up with something as ridiculous as Northern Virginia being the world's largest and most connected data center hub. <laughs> uh, but um, there are obviously other considerations and there are other resources that data centers need. And I think in recent years, in 10 years, or so people have been more you know, you know like they've been doing more interesting things with locating their data centers so um dominic why, why would you consider running a data center further afield you know like what workloads are suitable to be located for example in iceland and 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 and, and yes and, and are, are there any considerable drawbacks to this that you would advise your customers about sure thanks Mason. i think you touched on something really interesting which is that not all applications are the same effectively from, if I sum up what you were just describing, that actually in the last 10 years, what we really started to see is a shift in the understanding and focus of how we think about applications. Because a decade ago, most customers, most users of data center capacity would think about their infrastructure and think about it being in one location or a couple of locations at the very most around the world. And clearly what has happened over the last decade is a whole load of different things that have pushed customers to be able to think about a different layer, an application layer. And therefore they're able to optimize where different applications sit, not just thinking about the infrastructure in one given point. And as you rightly describe, a lot of data centers grew up in, in a very concentrated area, and that's why you see these hyperlocations where there is a massive concentration. And where we've got to now has been creating a very, very difficult problem because of that concentration, which is actually the resource availability, the power availability in some of those cities, some of those locations has now got to the point where it's genuinely straining. You see it all over the world. You, you describe Virginia. And of course, if you look in uh, the other side of the Atlantic, the very good examples being publicly talked about at the moment, someone like Dublin, which has a huge tension where the, the main utility provider, the, the national grid effectively is saying, no more data centers, please, because we're going to get to statistics that are consuming more than 25% of the total power of that city location in just a handful of years time. That's a massive strain on resource. But as you say, it was because of the concentration that's developed and the way in which infrastructure has built up around that concentration. Now, what's been happening, particularly in the last few years, is a, a different focus on applications. And where we have always been very successful is being able to cater for a section of the application types, particularly those that require dense compute or a lot of power. And customers naturally get the added benefit with definitely no further cost, more likely to be a cost reduction from where they're coming from 
significantly in most places, but can actually put those applications in a location like our campus and benefit from the sustainability of reduction in cost and actually increased efficiency because of our capability and the fact that we have built for high intensity compute and high performance compute from the very ground up. It's been designed as an environment for the higher intensive compute applications. And we've seen that benefit customers from the very beginning, a decade ago in the automotive sector, the financial services sector. And, and more recently, we've seen a trend over the last several years now that those that are starting to use very intense compute, and particularly those that are using GPU architecture that requires huge amounts of density and power. And that has really accelerated because of the trend towards more use of machine learning and AI in compute applications. And so what I hope and, and really starting to see across the industry at large, but I hope that we really do start to see the optimization of applications in given locations. A lot of applications do not need to be in a city centre, very costly and resource draining location in a London, a, a Frankfurt, a, a Dublin or a Virginia. But many applications and the majority in fairness can sit in a more uh, disparate location. And I think some of the things we're just starting to see now, the very beginning of the wave of the, the new Web3 applications and so on, is going to start to push those applications further afield. Absolutely. And then another uh, hub of Amsterdam, I was reading yesterday. So Amsterdam is yep. apparently, yeah, th th they're really concerned that by 2030, they will have no more land and no more electricity for data centers. That's right. And, and we're seeing this all over the place, Max, and, and even in uh, other locations where you think there would be available power, actually the time to deliver the high voltage that is required and the, the utility changes that need to be made, which are grid level utility changes, that can take two, three, four, five years in many cases. And so we're now at this point where the growth in consumption of data and the, the creation of data is rising at this exponential rate. The compute to fulfill that exponential data growth is just about keeping up, but the infrastructure that's serving it is actually not gonna keep up. And over the next five years, there is gonna be a crunch on the location and the availability of power. And, and question therefore, where decisions are going to be made and actually whether sustainability will still be part of those decisions. So there's there's some real tensions in the market at the moment. And a lot of those city center locations all over Europe, all over the US and other parts of the world really starting to struggle to deliver in time the power growth and the infrastructure demand that is being put on it by our industry at the moment. And Lindsay, yeah, from your point of view, do you believe in this idea that a sort of like global redistribution of data centers that, you know, like in the initial years of the industry, you know, like to, to, it's, it's a young industry, you know, 30, 40 years, you know, like we, we, we did put all of our stuff together in, 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 in a tiny little sort of like location and, and, and you know, like it, it, it exposes us to all sorts of risks. We certainly have paid for it time and time again for the, for, for the fact that we locate all the data centers on these in these tiny hubs. So do you believe, you know, like, is this a European idea? Is this a global idea do you believe that over the next say five ten years we will see that movement from the hub to to the to the edge markets and to the places where you know like power is available but maybe you know like there's not as many end users there yeah no it's, yeah i think it's really fascinating debate and question max and so in terms of the way we think about it so for our digital nine we are trying to build our network so we don't only invest in data centers we also invest in subsea cable and terrestrial cable and wireless so 
and, and we're thinking about it as a holistic solution, like how do you develop digital infrastructure that, and obviously, as I said before, it's that's aligned to decarbonisation and, and, you know, and, and um, reducing the digital divide. And actually, we've, um, we've been involved in supplying information for a research project, actually, that New York University have been leading on. And they're the preliminary results of that research indicate that um, it is more carbon efficient to lay more cable to well-located data centers than to build the, the data centers at the point where you where your end user is. So the the evidence is taking us in the direction that you should put your data centers where the best environment is in terms of energy efficiency. So, you know, and that again brings you back to Iceland in terms of being an, an excellent location, obviously, you know, air temperature and the provision of renewable energy. Um, and then just run more cable to there. And that is more more that is a more efficient solution. Um, so I think for, you know from our perspective we're we're sort of looking at this research coming out and and it, it's still preliminary data at the moment, but it all points towards this um direction that I think there will be um, a shift in terms of how what the network looks like. There there probably will still be some um that are located in particular city center hubs for certain reasons but the the core i think we're going to see much more thinking about the the location being critical from an energy provision perspective um and that's certainly kind of how we're how we're starting to think about it okay i've got i've got a quick question for dominic just because it kind of has been scratching at my brain so Remote data centers are not suitable for war or all workloads, but there are some. So you've mentioned artificial intelligence, you know, like fantastic for training, you know, like it doesn't need latency at all. Uh, you, you know, you know, like it sits there on, 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 on sort of like in the GPUs. It does the, the useful work for sometimes for weeks or months on end. And then the, the end result can be shipped to customers. So the, so the actual compute can take place in a place with, you know, like where its power is plentiful and it's cold and then, and then it's got all these other benefits. But... In your past, you guys, I know, have been engaged with cryptocurrencies. So I just wanted to to, to ask you, you know, like, just like, are, are you still doing it? Was that useful? And 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 where are you taking, you know, like that 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 perhaps knowledge that you gained while while mining bitcoins and 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 what you're doing with it? Yeah, sure, Max. Well, we, we did, and uh, it hasn't been a focus of ours for a number of years now. Our focus has been purely on enterprise compute. But there is one really important thing that we have been able to continue, which is we, we learned a huge amount because the cryptocurrency mining industry, which obviously continues to grow quite rapidly across the world, just something we've chosen not to focus on anymore. Um, it, it's something that is very raw. And I say that because it goes, it brings everything back to basics. It is really just the, the very core of compute and power put together. And one of the things that we really had to focus on when we were catering for that industry, the mining industry around cryptocurrency anyway, was how absolutely efficient we could be with those two focal points, power the, and the processing capability that sits alongside it. And naturally, a place like Iceland or a number of other Nordic locations and northern Canada and other places like that actually cater very well for that. Arguably, cryptocurrency mining should sit in a sustainable location because it really is not latency sensitive or geographically sensitive. 
So the, the thing that we really took away from our, our past history in that space was is going to be applied to what is coming. And we're really excited about this because as we start to think about blockchain technologies, Web3 applications, a lot of that is actually distributed. And this is key because where we're now really starting to see blockchain coming into effect uh, and not I'm really not talking about the cryptocurrency mining space at the moment. I'm talking about what is just beginning as an entirely new set of industries, the blockchain technologies. And we're just starting to see the world talking about it. Only a very small percentage of the world probably had ever heard of an NFT about 12 months ago. And yet the world is on fire now with everybody <laughs> knowing exactly what an NFT is. But the same is true of anything that is distributed ledger process based or any of the Web3 app, web applications that are beginning to be developed across all sorts of industries. Now, it does require compute capability that is contents, but it can be located in distributed locations. And so this is absolutely the type of compute that you can see sitting in a location like ours. And so what we're able to learn from our past experience is really now starting to position us incredibly well for the type of conversations we're really beginning to have with customers. And we're very excited about that because when you think about distributed compute, it really should be finding the home for optimization. And just kind of piggybacking off what Lindsay just said, that there's absolutely, there still needs to be core locations for certain applications. That is, that is gonna be true for the future history of compute, no matter what. But what we are gonna see is a massive growth in distributed compute. And that's something very exciting for the data center industry. And I guess my final question um, is, so um, you've recently secured, Ven Global recently secured 93 million for expansion. This is basically, no, not everybody noticed it, but you're essentially doubling the size of your campus. And and, and, and that's quite a big infrastructure project. And it, 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 it's very interesting to see that. So yes, you, you know, like, don't, how are you planning to spend the money? Are there any particular initiatives you're looking at? Is there anything architecturally interesting that you're doing with the campus? You know, like, is it gonna be, you know, like high rag density, for example, because I would assume it is. So, 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 yeah, what can you tell me about, about the campus expansion and the timelines and how soon you're planning to welcome new customers? Sure. Um, and yes, we're very excited about that. And obviously, it's one of the significant benefits of now being owned by Triple Point and D9 infrastructure. So we're very excited about that. Um, it, it was one of the things that we were keen to ensure uh, in, in a very short space of time post-acquisition We've seen huge amounts of growth from our customers and actually a big acceleration from all of our existing customers and the pipeline of new customers looking for the type of compute and infrastructure provision that we're able to provide. And as a result, yes, we are expanding our capability very significantly. This is already happening. We're already building. We've already had this plan for some time, but able to now really accelerate because of the demand that we see already coming and existing over the course of the next 12 and 18 months. Uh, so actually, as we expand out the, the kind of size that you're just describing, that that is imminent demand over the next two years. And we hope the acceleration continues beyond that. Uh, but th this is really driven by very significant demand in all different industries. There's not one particular industry that we're seeing this growth in. Um, to your point around what we're doing, uh, we're more focused than ever on all of our sustainability approach. And I think the world has really started to take notice 
over the course of the last 12 months particularly, and I think COP26 was very helpful for that, but it is drawing attention to everything. It is the supply chain, even the design methodology from the very beginning, we start to think about expansion. We are thinking about the sustainability approach that that is going to create and provide for our customers and also the operational efficiency that it's going to derive for many, many years to come. And we're thinking from the very beginning about embedded carbon. We're thinking about how the design of our infrastructure is going to be world-class leading. We're thinking about now how scope one, two, and three emissions are going to be impacted and, and what that means for our customers. We want to be leading the world, the market, in our scope one emissions that are obviously our customers' scope two emissions so that they can report back that they have the most sustainable approach for their infrastructure. And that's really exciting. And, and actually, it's the first time that we think over the next couple of years, customers will be starting to think about that. So we're trying to get ahead of that and we're trying to make sure that we have not just the design process and structure around that, but the infrastructure to provide it, but then the reporting that is going to be needed for our customers to say, this is as sustainable an approach that we could possibly have for these applications and the infrastructure that we need to support our compute and our business. So that's really exciting at the moment. And we're obviously constantly thinking about that, uh, but it is something that is inbuilt in our process now from the very beginning, as we think about this really significant expansion. Yes, absolutely. And it's a very interesting time across the industry, you know, a time when I think 10 years ago, you know, like when Vern was around, you know, like, 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 like selling their services. And, and it's just like, it, it took a certain kind of customer, you know, like a minority customer, a bleeding heart liberal, somebody who was like, who, who cared about the planet, who was there, you know, like 10 years ago, they, they were talking about renewables. But I think today, this is this is the majority of the market, you know, like we, we moved over the past past this line in the sand. And right now, you know, like renewability sells and, and, and it's incredible to see it. I, I think it, it benefits us all that the, the, the fact that companies like that, you know, like they do get ahead and they do they do get investment and they do get expanded. And, and, and I think it's a it, it's a good message to take out there to 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 everybody else in the data center space. I, I'm afraid this is everything we have time for today. Thank you, Dominic. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you for this look at, at, at sustainability in data centers and how far it can actually take you. And um, absolutely good luck in your work.